After a year of continuing coronavirus worries, some hope and a lot of despair, what does 2022 have in store for Indian foreign policy? Hello and welcome to Worldview at the Hindu with me, Sohasini Heather. As we look at the top 10 events of 2021 that will most impact India's foreign policy and diplomatic moves in 2022. So let's get right to the list, beginning with, of course, COVID-19, India's diplomacy, and then the Delta variant disruption we saw in April and May of 2021. India began the year on a diplomatic high, shipping vaccines around the world. Eventually, more than 100 million vaccine doses were shipped to nearly 100 countries under its Vaccine Maitri program. But as the COVID-2019 virus mutated, India actually became the center, not of the world's production, but of the world's concern. And the government had to cancel all its plans to export both medicines and vaccines in the face of the deaths inside India. The year ended on a more sober note, and though vaccine exports have now resumed, India is no longer being seen as the single most important vaccine manufacturer in the world. And many world leaders have spoken about the need to diversify. 2022, as a result, will be a year for India to regain its credibility on both counts of producing both the pharmaceuticals and the vaccines necessary for the world. So to the second then, the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan. In February, remember, a virtual summit between Prime Minister Modi and Afghanistan's President Ashraf Ghani saw India reaffirm its role both as a development partner to Afghanistan, committed to ensuring a peaceful Afghanistan. But events then overtook all plans. Ghani fled Kabul as the Taliban took over the country, aided by Pakistan, and the US and its allies all just picked up and left. Contrary to its own past record, India closed its door to Afghan refugees, cancelled all existing visas, it didn't ex extend any support to the counter-Taliban resistance, and then its efforts to send aid to Afghans via road have been stymied for the moment by Pakistan, although India was able to send some medicines there uh, by the air route. India and Pakistan, in fact, did some parallel diplomacy, inviting various national security advisors and foreign ministers to Delhi and Islamabad for separate conferences on Afghanistan. But in 2022, this is the event which will be most closely watched in January, Prime Minister Modi hopes to welcome Central Asian leaders to the Republic Day celebrations. All five Central Asian leaders are supposed to come COVID-willing. And this will really tell us more about whether India can gain a foothold on Afghanistan's future, along with the other countries in the Western neighborhood like Russia and Iran. To the big event number three, China's territorial claims getting shriller. China's aggressive moves in the region, not the least of the line of actual control with India, continued, uh, where nearly a lakh Chinese and Indian soldiers are spending the second consecutive winter in a face-off position. While there was no major violence in 2021, like the Galwan clash, there was also no let-up. After the initial disengagement, and remember we spoke about it on Worldview, of troops at the beginning of the year. But then the world's attention was taken by Taiwan, where China sent nearly 150 aircraft into Taiwan's air defense zone in October, sparking a flurry of concerns over Chinese President Xi Jinping's vows to reclaim Chinese territory, including Taiwan. Many phone calls have followed. India's challenge in 2022 is not only to ensure that Chinese troops return to status quo from April 
2020, when the aggression at the LAC began, it is to keep the balance in the neighborhood where China is making deeper inroads. At the same time, remember Moscow appears keen to engage uh, to arrange a trilateral summit with Prime Minister Modi and President Xi Jinping, two leaders who haven't spoken directly once since the standoff began in April 2020. And if that happens, it will certainly be the big surprise of the year. Number four, two quads and an AUKUS. 2021 should have been the year perhaps of the Indo-Pacific quadrilateral of Australia, India, Japan, the US, given that the first two ever summits, including one in-person summit in Washington, were held in 2021. A number of initiatives on vaccines and technology were launched, but other coalitions seem to make more headlines. First, just a week before the Quad Summit in Washington, the US, UK and Australia announced what they called an AUKUS alliance for nuclear-powered submarines. This, of course, set off protests from China and Russia, which were expected, but unexpectedly also caused France to protest as it lost a submarine deal with Australia. Even New Zealand said it was hurt. It wasn't consulted about this possible nuclearization in its ocean waters. And then there was another quad that was announced with India, Israel, UAE and the US coming together uh, for economic cooperation. They said in 2022, the second quad may see an in-person foreign ministers meeting, even a summit perhaps. But New Delhi's challenge really will be to balance all of these with its ties with Russia on the one hand and with Iran on the other, particularly when it comes to things like connectivity. So then let's turn to Russia-NATO tensions. That's number five. Tensions between Russia and NATO countries have risen sharply at the end of the year, particularly over the Russian troops that are now amassed along the border with Ukraine. And although US President Joseph Biden and Russian President Vladimir Putin have met once in the year, spoken a number of times in 2021, tensions remain unresolved and likely to spill over into 2022. India, which did not oppose the Russian takeover of Crimea in 2014, remember, is now facing a tough tightrope over the US sanctions, actually, that began over Crimea or was, were rebolstered over Crimea. And the US is in particular CATSA law that came in in 2017, 2018, that threatens financial and visa sanctions against any big defense deals with Russia. If US-Russia tensions ratchet up further, it will be difficult for the US really to give India a clean waiver on the sanctions against India's purchase of the Russian S-400 missile system as US congressmen have tried to do. In 2022, India might have to make some tough choices then as Russia remains a major defense supplier and the US becomes a bigger strategic partner. We have spoken about this on our worldview all through the years. So these are all issues that shouldn't be new to you. Number six, the Pegasus rule and international surveillance operations. The Pegasus scandal that broke worldwide over the use of very sophisticated spyware sold by Israeli company NSO, allegedly at the behest of former Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to countries including India really rocked the world. A change in government in Israel coupled with the revelation that even French President Macron was under surveillance, has really meant the scandal hasn't died down. In India, where hundreds of journalists, activists, judges, officials, even government ministers were found to have had their phones hacked using Pegasus software, it will be important for the government to prove it was not involved in ordering the surveillance and paying millions of dollars to hack phones in the country and even abroad. And any revelation in this story will really have foreign policy implications for India in 2022.
as a result. Number seven, all those climate change promises. 2021 saw those major promises and claims from different countries, including India, on what will be their commitments to fight climate change. We made them at the COP26 summit that was held after five years this time in Glasgow. But on the ground, global warming, climate change, extreme weather really continue to rule the headlines in 2021. Carbon dioxide emissions, for example, are expected to go up by 4% across the G20 group of countries in 2021. They dropped in 2020 by 6% due to the pandemic and the lockdowns, but they're up again. Uh, China, India and Argentina in particular are set to exceed their 2019 emissions. Uh, that's what a climate report has found. Meanwhile, OPEC is being encouraged to increase oil production given rising oil prices. So you're seeing more fossil fuel consumption than expected. In 2022, the, pri the promises made by Prime Minister Modi at Glasgow for net zero ambitions by 2070, commitments on renewable energy and cutting carbon emissions, all will be tested against the government's actual actions. The first start, perhaps, in the new year will be for India to update its nationally determined contributions, NDCs, that the government missed filing before that deadline given by the UN in November. So everybody will be watching what India does next on climate change. Eight, this was really a much bigger uh, development than has been noticed, but the United Nations continued to fail as an institution. In, remember, in 2021, the 76-year-old UN seemed more beleaguered, in fact, than ever. It struggled to keep the world to its commitments on climate change. As the UN Secretary General warned, there was a code red alert for the environment, which could lead to major climate migrations, rising poverty and inequality, uh, and yet very little that the UN itself was able to do. The WHO, the World Health Organization, also failed to uh, continue for a second year to hold anyone to account for the COVID pandemic that has by now led to 5.5 million deaths. And there is little movement on the WHO's quest to find the origins of the COVID virus as its teams were blocked in China. Neither has the US come clean on funding for the Wuhan Institute that has been most widely implicated in the spread of the virus. So still very non-transparent there. The UN Security Council itself was unable to take any action that would stop the world's newest democracies from being taken over by force. That's what happened first in Myanmar in February and then in Afghanistan in August. And now the UN seems very badly hampered in its job to even provide relief for Afghanistan's people, half of which are stalked by hunger and malnutrition, girls banned and denied an education by the Taliban. Finally, the UN saw the virtual dismantling of its sanctions committees on terrorism as Taliban leaders on the UN Security Council list have been allowed not only to uh, evade sanctions, but to take power. Al-Qaeda and Lashkar-e-Toyba, Jaish-e-Mohammed militants are able to take shelter unharmed in Taliban-led Afghanistan as a result. And any move that goes towards recognition of this Taliban regime will really see the UN's so-called global war on terror that was announced with uh, after the 9-11 attacks in the US in 2001. All of this could be dismantled entirely. What's the real challenge for India in this year? Really, uh, India is heading, is in the United Security Council for another year until the end of 2022. It's heading the Taliban Sanctions Committee, a counterterrorism committee as well. And it's here where India's global leadership will be tested and challenged the most. Number nine, the change of guard in Washington 
and the U.S. push for democracy as a result. The year began really with horrifying scenes from Washington, where supporters of the outgoing president, uh, Donald Trump, refused to accept his electoral loss and then ransacked the U.S. Congress as everyone around the world watched that on televisions live. As Joseph Biden took over, the U.S. administration said restoring democracy in the U.S. and the rest of the world will be a priority and ended the year by holding a summit for democracies, which Prime Minister Modi attended virtually as well. In 2022, the U.S. now plans to hold an in-person summit with report cards on countries keeping their commitments to further democracy, fighting authoritarianism, fighting corruption and ensuring human rights. For India, the world's largest democracy, the U.S. plans really pose a three-pronged challenge. One, they make ensuring democracy, which is a relative, not absolute state really, uh, into a part of India's bilateral and multilateral commitments. This is something India has shied away from. Two, they pose a challenge in India's neighborhood. Uh, remember, Pakistan was included in the summit, but not Bhutan, Bangladesh or Sri Lanka. And in fact, U.S. imposed sanctions on Bangladesh and Sri Lanka something that India, uh, with a leadership position in the region, was not able to respond to. Finally, it allows the US to put a spotlight on India's internal democracy and question the Modi government's commitments to values that have thus far been seen as an inter internal matter and any kind of comment has been seen as interference. Um, so that's the problem with the US uh, and its new push for democracy as a whole. But then we come to number 10, and this is really about the impact India's domestic disturbances and events have had on its foreign policy. Uh, and this is a subject not normally covered in worldview, but very rarely has the Ministry of External Affairs and Indian diplomats worldwide really have to face the impact of developments inside the country on the foreign policy and bilateral and multilateral relations as they have in this period from maybe 2019 to 2021. This year, 2021, began with international concerns over the handling of the farmers' protests, with the Ministry of External Affairs having to issue a stiff rejoinder to governments in US, Europe, Canada, celebrities even like uh, Rihanna, the pop star, and Greta Thunberg, the environmental activist, over their criticism of India. Later in the year, the MEA then became very sharp with embassies that sought help during the Delta variant's destruction, particularly in Delhi, and then face the disappointment from countries across the world, particularly in Africa and South Asia, over India's inability to fulfill vaccine commitments. Now, remember, normally this would be only an internal matter for India to speak about. But in the globalized world, there was comment everywhere. Bhutan, for example, waited until the last minute for a second round of doses promised by New Delhi before turning to Europe for their second dose, and even US and China provided them vaccines. Later over the year, the government's crackdown on protesters, violence in Jammu Kashmir and the Northeast, as well as attacks on minorities, have all garnered international attention and become a bilateral discussion point as well. This comes up in meetings uh, between Indian officials and their counterparts. Above all, India's image as a successful, functioning, pluralistic democracy suffered a hit internationally. Not the least when think tank Freedom House downgraded India's ranking from free to partly free, and then organizations like the Committee to Protect Journalists and Reporters Without Borders called India one of the world's most dangerous places for media. But also in the neighborhood, uh, where communal disturbances in India threatened to spill over the borders and cause reactions because this is the way the world is going. 
And this is certainly a trend that is expected to continue through 2022. It deserves a long and hard introspective look in the country as Indian foreign policy could suffer and could be forced into more defensive postures. Now, all 10 of these are issues that we have touched in, in some way or form over the course of the year, over the course of 2021, when Worldview first came to you uh, from the Hindu. I'm going to give you some book recommendations as well, uh, because we know uh, from your letters, from your feedback, that this is, a, uh, is something that all of you wait for. Uh, over the year, these are the books that I've read or tried to read, and I hope you enjoy them too. Of course, India and Asian Geopolitics, The Past, Comma, Present by Shiv Shankar Menon. This is a book I've recommended in the past as well. Uh, there's a book that's coming out by former Australian Prime Minister Kevin Rudd, who's known to take a much more pro-China approach than some of his colleagues. This is called The Avoidable War, The Dangers of a Catastrophic Conflict Between the US and Xi Jinping's China. Uh, this is likely to be out early in 2022. Uh, there's a book I've spoken about before, India's Foreign Policy in the Post-COVID World, International Relations Through the Eyes of Indian Diplomats. It's edited by an ambassador, Suredra Kumar, but it has 30-plus diplomats uh, writing in it. It's, it's definitely a must-read. Uh, there was a book that I recommended earlier. I have a chapter in it as well. It's called A New Cold War. Uh, Henry Kissinger and the Rise of China, edited by Sanjay Baru and Rahul Sharma. Uh, if you haven't already, you must read uh, the parallels between 50 years ago and now and what has changed. Uh, there's a book by former ambassador to Nepal, Kathmandu Dilemma, Resetting India-Nepal Ties by Ranjit Ray. A very important read on the neighborhood. It's not just about Nepal, really. And finally, a book uh, that I hope you enjoy called Do Morals Matter? Presidents and Foreign Policy from FDR to Trump by Joseph S. Nye Jr. Now, remember, Joseph uh, Nye is really uh, the person who brought the uh, coined the term soft power and explained its uh, uses and, and what it meant. Uh, so this is also a book I hope you do enjoy reading. And that brings us to the end of this last edition of Worldview in 2021. We do hope to join you again in 2022 after a short break. Please do keep writing in with your thoughts. And from the team here, we wish you a very happy new year. And thanks as always for watching.